is going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous thursday july 20th 2023 as always i am your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and i'm back in dallas you are back. We are close finally. So we'll be able to see each other in the flesh more often guys, but that does not mean we will be any less likely to shoot the show guys. You will see all of the great content coming up, but we are definitely glad to have Stu back in town. We have a, a packed show today. I mean, this, this is one of my, the, the headlines here are really awesome. We'll first start out with Baker Hughes. Um, They dropped earnings today, quarter two profits, beast analyst estimates. Um, So I'll cover a little bit what's going on with Baker Hughes and what probably this means for the oil field service sector in general. Next up, this is absolutely hilarious. Top asset manager, BlackRock named Saudi Aramco CEO to board. No, that is not a mistype. BlackRock named Saudi Aramco CEO to board. Unbelievable. We'll cover it. Next up, small U.S. refiners plan to challenge biofuel blending waiver denials. Next up, Kerry's trip to China yields no breakthroughs on climate. Shocker. Um, and then to round that one out, a opinion piece from our favorite random guy on Substack, David Blackman. He says John Kerry's private jet hypocrisy really does matter. He was downplaying that in, in, in a clip that circulated social media. So I'm interested to hear what David Blackman has to say. And then Stu will toss it over to me. I'll quickly cover what happened in the oil and gas markets. They saw a little bit of a, uh, a relaxed day. Seven, uh, 7518 is where we currently stand here, about 623, uh, mainly due to do a little bit of, of kind of the external data. The IEA dropped crude, uh, their storage numbers. So we will cover that, all that, and a bag of chips, guys. But again, as always, the stories are courtesy world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Um, we appreciate you guys staying with us. Check out the description below. You can see all of the different timestamps and links to all of the stories. You can hit us and ask us questions via the form below. Reach out. Um, Stu does a great job of curating Energy Newsbeat to make sure it's got all the energy stories you need. Hit us up, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your data and energy news combo. Hard at work at V2. So sign up for the uh, um, new V2. We'll make sure to get that in the description as well. Um, but let's start, Stu. I'll cover Baker Hughes in my section. So let, let's start with BlackRock. This is great. Oh, this is a hoot, dude. Uh, and, and I think, let me tee this up just a little bit, Michael. There is a great awakening of investors getting tired of not making any money. And we've seen this over the last several months. And we've been talking about more and more people are sneakily investing in oil and gas and energy. So this one is a great story. Top asset manager, BlackRock, named Saudi Aramco to CEO to board. Do you remember when Little Engine uh, that could got the on, uh, was it Exxon? Uh, Exxon's board, uh, they snuck in the green group in there that forced yep. all these issues. Yep. This is very eerily similar. Just to remind our listeners, BlackRock lost. trillion in the first half of last year in order to do green investing. All right. 
BlackRock has named Saudi Aramco's chief executive, Amin Nasser, to the board of the directors for the world's biggest asset manager. And he's also the biggest oil company. Not only are they the biggest, BlackRock is the is a fund. This dude has been rock solid in delivering profits for the largest oil company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Stu, let's let's be very clear here. Like, your do- my dog could deliver the profits that Saudi Ramco's delivered in the past two well, years. Like, wh- what really is there to be done back, at the let's, top? Let's level? back it up a little bit. Let's go three years, maybe even four. Saudi Aramco was negative. They actually lost money uh, several years ago. They took a loan out, not negative, but they didn't have as much profit. They took a loan out in order to pay the uh, Royal Saudi fund that they've Mm -hmm. been giving all this fund. And then the following year, not only did they pay that back, they also paid into the Saudi fund that year. Then after that, they started really rolling through the profits and getting around. So they he stepped up. Yeah, and I'm I'm being mostly facetious. I think the the, the funny part is you have BlackRock, formerly known as the world's greatest ESG company, um, bringing on, you know, Amin Nassar to its board of directors. I mean, that's really all you need to say. The quote from 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 the Godfather himself, Larry Fink, Amin's distinguished career at Aramco spanning more than four decades gives him a unique perspective on many key issues facing our firms and clients. His leadership experience, understanding of the global energy industry and drivers of the shift towards a low carbon economy. I mean, they said this with a straight face, as well as his knowledge of Middle East region. Um, Could you immediately to BlackRock's board diagram? I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will drive investment towards BlackRock. You're absolutely right. Now, here's the thing. Uh, You have heard me say that I applaud the Saudi government and Saudi uh, Aramco for not only taking the oil and gas and the natural gas, but investing in gigantic amounts of hydrogen, of renewable energy and everything else. So I think it's actually a good move by Mr. Funk. I mean, Larry Fink, Funk. Oh, I'm with you. It's a great move. It just just points out the hypocrisy that is, was it BlackRock two years ago telling us that we should all eat bugs because we're, I mean, they, they were on the bug train two years ago and now you've got the Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, what this still shows, which is a good sign is that money always does win. That's right. Uh, money always does win. What's next? Right. Okay. Let's go to the small U S refiners plan to challenge biofuel blending waiver denials. Just to give you a little bit of a heads up on this one, there are uh, different regulations for small refineries so that they can compete with the big ones. Small refineries are the only reason we even have biofuels or gas currently. So let me read you this one right here. The Environmental Protection Agency, which is the authority to issue the waivers on Friday, denied exemption requests from 15 small refineries in a move that corn farmers and ethanol produce welcome. What does that tell you? Um, It it tells tells me me the EPA sucks. Close. 
but it also tells me that the um oh who are the uh folks that go in and bribe the politician uh, po- lobbyists lobbyist unions thank you got a hold of them for this uh refineries including par pacific holdings and plan to join together in a legal challenge against the decision we believe this is a quote we believe the EPA's decision is arbitrary, capricious, and contrary to law, said Ashmi Patel with Par Pacific. Under the renewable standard, oil refiners must blend billions of gallons of biofuels into the nation mix or buy credits. So by them cutting the small refineries down is a huge problem because they made them small refineries and they gave them the exclusions so they could actually deliver low cost gasoline and diesel to the consumers. So the EPA is going to hammer the consumers on this ruling. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, the funny part is you've got, you know, Tudor Pickering Holt. We love them over there. Um, They said in a note Monday that this was not a surprise. So Yes, I think it sucks what they did. The question is, I think these, you know, these these refineries knew this was coming. So I think the question is for them, what's going forward? What are they going to do? Right. Now, uh, by the difference between biodiesel and bio uh, regular diesel provided in the bigger refineries is $2 a gallon. So when you start averaging this out, consumers pay $2 more a gallon when it's biodiesel out of the small refineries because of the regulation. I mean, so Par guess Pac- who gets the... Yeah, Par Pacific Holdings, $347 million liability as of first quarter 2023. CVR Energy, 528. Ugh. Ugh. So guess who gets it in the drive through Michael? The consumer, as Bam. always. Well, always, they always get you in the drive through. Uh, I believe that was uh, Joe, Pe- uh, not Joe Pesci, but uh, the, the accountant in um, the Lethal Weapon series. They always get you in the drive. They do. All right. OK, All right. we got to talk about John Kerry. Gotta love me some Kerry. What a uh, Kerry's trip to China yields no breakthrough on climate. Uh, let's have a moment of silence for his trip. OK. Um, that moment of silence went way too long. Sorry about that. The United States and China failed to reach new climate agreements despite productive conversations. Special climate envoy John Kerry said Wednesday after a four day visit to Beijing, an outcome that underscores the tension between the two world's biggest carbon polluters and economies. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. We fly carry out there private. You know, we get his staff out there. You know, they're staying at, you know, probably the Ritz Carlton over there in Beijing, you know. Right. He, he quotes here, Michael. We had a very extensive set of frank conversations and realized it was going to take a little bit more Perfect. work to break the new ground, said Kerry. Perfect. So we've agreed Perfect. we're going to meet intensively what a okay when you sit back and take a look at carrie carrie lied to the congress the other day he says do you does your family own a i've never owned an airplane well he's married to the heinz folks they've had jets we know that yes uh, it's, uh, so 
I still remember watching him testify in Congress. My dad was being shot at in Vietnam and he was a draft dodger. So I'm not a Kerry fan. We'll just leave that one alone. Now, normal climate diplomacy. Do what? (laughs) Just just. okay. Uh, Climate diplomacy between the U.S. and China is back on track. Hogwash. I'm going to call bull hockey on this one. It's because Carrie went over there to do this. Miss producer, can you fly in this video? I'm going to show you in this next 32 second video. Sit back and take a look at this video. It is the Biden administration and and their funding of $14 million, I believe, of what John Kerry's office is all about. He's not even approved by the Congress. He's not even approved anywhere in this. So this 33 second video for our podcast listeners is very important. You'll hear some noises. These noises, Michael and I will tell you what's going on right as we come back from this 33 second John Kerry treating the U.S. customers. I mean, Stu. Okay. That hurts. That hurts. uh, You know, Michael, what'd you think of that? I mean, wasn't it kind of like the consumers are getting it in the nuts? I think, I mean, yeah, I think as always, I mean, this, I mean, of all the things we've got to worry about China with AI, them nuking us, them cutting off Taiwan for, you know, chips, you know, the, the, you know, their, their eventual invasion of Russia, you know, all right. the things we have to worry about with China and we've got to worry about climate change. Like I hate to agree with Mitt Romney, but he's got a great quote on this in here. He says, you know, you know, what, what was it? Oh, I missed it here. Let me pull it up here. Um, what is Mitt quote, say? climate change is probably not our highest priority in dealing with China, but if we can get them to reduce their emissions, that would be a good thing. Senator Mitt Romney told Politico before okay. Wednesday's announcement. Like that's how I feel. They're putting in two, Coal fire plants a weekend. What are the uh, make coal great again? Make coal great again. Speaking of that plight, private jet, David Blackman, our favorite random. I love me some David Blackman. David Blackman, John Kerry's private jet hypocrisy really does matter. Uh, David uh, Czar uh, Kerry, David Blackman, you got to follow him. He is on uh, Energy Absurded and he is a nut. We'll include all of his contact information here. Czar Kerry controls a reported 16.7 million budget, allowing for 45 people unconfirmed in an unofficial assignment, which has him jet setting around the globe. Uh, on climate issues and every decision he makes is not approved by Congress. Holy smokes. This is like a rogue agent. Yes. And, and we, this is not elected official going out and doing official business. This to me reeks of that 33 second video. This John Kerry is doing that to honor every single United yeah. States citizen. My only advice for the private jet folks, we have to find a new angle. I think we're coming to the end of the usefulness of the private jet. I'm with you. The private jet is hypocrisy. Let's use something else. They're all doing other things that are energy hypocrisy. Can we pull them out? Can we pull out the fact that Al Gore 
His home in Tennessee, I think at one point was like the third most electrical spend in the entire state. Let's go look at how much pools these. I mean, there are other things we can pound these people with. Right. I get the private jet. It's an easy one, but it's getting wary on people. Oh, absolutely. And and the chatter. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so hats off to David. Uh, I've had it. U.S. consumers and voters are always getting in the drive through. Just look yeah. at our video. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a great article. Check David Blackman out on Substack. We'll cover oil prices here quickly, Stu. Overall markets were actually up today. NASDAQ dropped about a tenth of a percentage point, but S&P was up a quarter. But uh, oil prices ended down about two tenths of a percentage point, mainly off the back of of what, uh, you know, kind of a supply rebalance. Um, we did see about a two uh, 700,000 barrel draw from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. Reuters was proposing a 2.4 million barrel draw, which was interesting, but we saw the API yesterday about 400,000 US dollar did increase by about three quarters of a percentage point. So that also led to a bit of a weakness in the energy market. Natural gas still steady about $2.62. We did see a few earnings roll out. Baker Hughes um, comes out, actually beats expectations, which is a great sign for the oil food service. And I think a sign, a good sign of things to come for companies like Liberty, who we'll see later in a few weeks, we'll see um, um, Halliburton. And then we will see this merger of Patterson UTI next year oil field. It'll be interesting really to see what they say in their perspectives. Those are three things I'm looking for in terms of bullishness. It'll be, you know, that, that that probably means there was CapEx spent. Does that mean that the companies who, the oil and gas companies who will be reporting here shortly, does that mean they make money? I don't know. Just because the service company made money doesn't mean your oil and gas company made money. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. That's really what I'm watching for. Um, That's really all I've got, Stu. I think we're going to go ahead and let these people get out of here unless you don't you don't have anything. Hey, I mean, it's the weekly recap tomorrow. So this is the last time we get to talk with them. What, what should they go away with this week thinking about? Have an absolutely wonderful weekend. Hug your family um, and absolutely know that United States is still one of the best, the best single countries in the world, and we just need to take care of it. I'm tearing up, Stu. Thank you. Go ahead. And weekly crap will be good. It's a lot of solo segments. So if you want to look back and see what we talked about this week, please check that episode out. Um, for Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you folks.